Welcome to Married by Design. Envy, deception, strife, hatred, boasting. These are all part of a marriage of two individuals that were trying to follow the Lord, but they made very poor and foolish choices that led to an ugly end. That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to our podcast. We're currently in a series entitled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's a series in which we're looking at examples of marriages in the Bible. We're studying the relationship between the husband and the wife and trying to glean lessons and applications for our lives. This is why the Bible is such a treasure. It's so relevant to us and the things that God tells us through His Word and also the examples that we read about. These are real people that make choices and we see the consequences of their choices. And it's interesting to see marriages that are good, bad, and ugly. The good marriages are marriages in which the husband and the wife are seeking after God and trying to live according to His Word. There's generally a blessing that comes from obedience. They have a marriage that honors the Lord. We'll also be looking at bad marriages. Last week we looked at the example of Ahab and Jezebel. They were two very bad and evil people. We looked at their character and how it affected the people around them and their marriage relationship. They were in it for themselves and it was certainly a marriage that ended poorly and dishonored the Lord. Bad marriages are marriages in which the husband and wife are not seeking after God but are rebellious and relying on their own understanding. And then there are the ugly marriages. These are marriages in which the husband and wife are not outright rebellious and defiant towards God. They generally are seeking after the Lord, but they make foolish choices and rely on their own understanding and their own wisdom. They try to work out things themselves rather than following God's ways, and the result is it gets pretty ugly. This is still applicable to us today. We live in a world that has presented so many ideas and methods for how to live married life and how to live life in general. So many of those suggestions are foolish and godless and end in sorrow and ugliness. The story of Rehoboam is very telling. You can read about it in 1 Kings chapter 12. Rehoboam had a choice whether he was going to listen to the older wise men or the young foolish men about how to lead the kingdom of Israel. He chose to listen to the foolish young men, and it split up the kingdom. It got really ugly, and he lost the opportunity to lead a united nation. Well, this week's podcast, we're going to look at an ugly marriage. Again, that couple generally was following the Lord, and God was going to use them greatly. But they also made some foolish choices that led to a very ugly marriage relationship. It's the story of Jacob and Rachel. Well, I guess I should say not just the story of Jacob and Rachel, but the story of Jacob and Rachel and Leah and the two handmaids that Jacob ended up having as wives. That in itself shows you that there was a lot of foolishness involved in this marriage and a lot of damage that was done as a result. The story starts in Genesis 27. In that chapter, Jacob receives the blessing from his father Isaac. This was done by deception, but God was overseeing it and allowed it as he intended to make Jacob the father of the nation of Israel. In fact, his name was changed to Israel. Jacob, or Israel, was to be the father of twelve sons that would become the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And in Genesis 28, Jacob receives a promise in verse 13. Uh, That is, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. This is an important thing to understand. Someone can know the Lord and have his blessing on their life and still be foolish. They can have the promises of God and yet still make choices that are ugly and hurtful. This is what we need to avoid in marriage. If you're a child of God, you have the blessings of God on you and he's watching over you. But he doesn't control all your choices and your actions. You can still do things to damage your marriage relationship and still hurt your spouse. Things have a tendency of getting ugly when we disregard God's wisdom and God's ways. It's not outright rebellion, but merely a pride that enters into our heart when we think that we have it all figured out and we can do it better than the way that God wants us to. In Genesis 29, Jacob meets Rachel, his love, in verse 11. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. It says in verse 18, Jacob loved Rachel. These are such wonderful verses. It is clear that Jacob again had a deep affection for his wife, Rachel. He loved her very much and was overjoyed when he had met her. This is yet another example of the way that a husband should have that kind of affection and love for his wife. Husbands, you should be overjoyed that you have this relationship with your wife, and you should love her dearly and tenderly. Jacob loved Rachel so much that he was willing to commit to work for Rachel's father Laban for seven years to marry Rachel. That was a dowry or a gift that Jacob was giving to Rachel's father in order to have her hand in marriage. We often don't think about this as husbands, but what commitments do you make for your love for your spouse? We don't have to give our in-laws a dowry as husbands, but I think the principle is clear that our commitment and love for our wives should be demonstrated in the sacrifices that we make. Husbands, would you be willing to work for seven years for your wife's hand in marriage? And even today, as you may already be married, what things are you willing to do to secure your wife's love and express that love to her on a daily basis? Do you cherish her and care for her the way that you did when you were first married? There's a little bit of irony in chapter 29. Jacob was known as a deceiver and the way that he deceived his father and got the blessing. In this chapter, Jacob is the one who's deceived because Laban, Rachel's father, gives Jacob his older daughter, Leah, instead of Rachel at the wedding. I'm not quite sure how Jacob didn't figure it out, but Jacob had relations with Leah and had to work for another seven years in order to secure Rachel. We've said it before, you always reap what you sow. I think this is an example of where Jacob is deceived himself because he was a deceiver. You need to be truthful and not manipulate your spouse. Don't deceive them. Dishonesty and deception are our own destructive ways of getting what we want. We should never believe that the foolish choices that we make have no consequences. We need to understand and think about that before we turn away from doing what God wants and trying to rely on our own understanding. Jacob was trapped into having two wives, Rachel and Leah. I'm not sure what he could have done, but he was married to two women. And then he started having children, and it got really messy and ugly. 
I think it's important to point out that God never intended for a man to have two wives. Going back to Genesis 1, God said there, A man shall leave his father and his mother and be one with his wife. He never says wives. Being married to more than one spouse is not God's intention or desire. This is one of those stories that we see a bad example. Husbands, you need to have a heart for your wife, not wives. I see that today, and it applies today, even though in our country and generally in the world, it's not legal to have more than one wife, at least in the Western world. But the danger that we can find as husbands is that we practically have more than one love while we're married. This is where the foolishness and sin comes in and things can get ugly. Husband, if there's another woman that you're attracted to, you're headed for trouble. If you're involved in pornography or there's some other affection that you have, you're headed for ugliness. It may be your work or a hobby or something that you have. Anything that you have that would be a rival to your wife needs to be abandoned. Moving on with this sordid tale, it's written in Genesis 30, verse 1. Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, and she envied her sister. This marriage to more than one woman is a breeding ground for envy and strife, and that's what you see in these chapters. Rachel really missed the mark in verse 3 when she said, Here is my servant Bilhah. Go into her so that she may give birth on my behalf. Then even I may have children through her. Bad idea. Here's where Rachel is relying on her own understanding and trying to get what she wants by any means. She certainly didn't think it through and certainly wasn't considering what God would want her to do in the marriage relationship. So often in a marriage, the husband or wife can want something so bad that they use human wisdom and human means to try to accomplish it. Have you ever done that? Your goal ceases to be to please the Lord and follow Him and trust Him. It's all about getting that child. Rachel wasn't thinking ahead to the results of those foolish and sinful choices. She put Jacob in a position that he shouldn't have been in. It's a good and healthy thing at times to step back and ask yourself what we really want in the marriage relationship. Is it what God intends you to have, or is it something that, at least at this point, He does not want you to grasp? If it's not something that you are able to have right now, as Rachel was not able to have children, then you need to step back and let God do His work in His time. Rachel did end up having some children of her own, but she was not willing to trust the Lord and wait in His timing. Enter the ugliness. Another part of the ugliness is the fact that Jacob was not the head of the home and the leader. He was the follower. In the story of Rachel giving her servant Bilhah to him, it says, So she gave him her servant Bilhah as wife, and Jacob went into her. That was wrong on Jacob's part. He followed the direction of his wife rather than being a leader and saying, No, this is wrong. If you go down a little further in the chapter, it gets even worse. In verse 16, you can see that Jacob was not a leader, but he was doing what he was told. It's written, when Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come into me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. Wow. Told what to do by his wives. Jacob was far from lovingly leading his wife. He was led and driven by his multiple wives. 
If you want to set a marriage up for heartache and frustration, a great way to do that is to have a passive husband. The husband is to lovingly lead his wife. It doesn't mean that she's a doormat, but she is his equal, but she's subject to her husband. Here Jacob was the doormat and told to do things contrary to God's word. And as you read through these chapters, you see the frustration and the heartache from the foolishness of all that were involved. Envy, deception, strife, hatred, boasting, and control. All the result of following man's ways rather than God's ways. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to read through these chapters of Genesis and discuss um, the foolishness of Jacob and his wives. There is the good example of Jacob's love for Rachel, but there is the deception, the issue of multiple loves, using ungodly methods to get what you want, and the passive husband. If one of those resonates at all, study it in more detail in the Bible. Well, let's pray. Father, we just ask that uh, in this whole story that you would teach us, God, that you'd help us to understand how often we lean toward our own ways, even though it's to our own hurt. Father, open our eyes to see wonderful things in your law in this example, and that we would not only study them, but apply it in our lives. Lord, we invite your spirit to be a part of that, to show us, Father, where those weaknesses are that we need to work on. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode this week. Thanks for being with us. We always encourage you to share this podcast with your friends on Facebook and Instagram or just text them uh, with the link. If you have any questions about this episode or any of the episodes, we'd love to hear from you at our email, which is marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking at another good example of a marriage. This couple will be a great encouragement to you and develop the idea of oneness and how important it is in the marriage relationship. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design.